Garfield Japan. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fitted Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And I'm Tom Tom Tokyo. That's right. And uh, as you find folks know, Got Fitted Japan is about two dudes, booze. Tommy. Japan in the news. Jesus Christ, you almost dropped the ball on that one. All right. Yes. yes. Uh, Speaking of uh, dropping the ball, Tom, what episode is this? I do believe it's 521. 521. That is correct. Good job, Tom. Good job, Tom. You got it. You're good with math. All right. Speaking of mathematics, how many beers have you had so far, Tommy? Today? Jeez, uh, I don't know. Six good pack answer. of the tall boys. Yeah, six-pack of the tall boys, and I'm still going. You've already had a six-pack. Holy shit, dude. I had a couple of beers, and uh, now I'm on a gin and tonic. Yum, 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 yum. Dude, Hendrix gin is by far the most superior gin on the planet. Some people like Monkey from Germany, but I think the Scots got it on this one. I think uh, Hendrix is by far the best, dude. And besides, the name is Hendrix, like Jimi Hendrix. You can't go wrong with Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, nah, Jimi Hendrix is dope, man, back in the day. Interesting fellow, I do believe. Interesting. Some very good music, indeed. man. Yeah, that's true. Um, Tom, we are definitely getting a stimulus check in the mail soon. Uh, Abe said that foreigners are included in the Japanese stimulus. As long as you paid your taxes and you have a gaijin card and you've been living in Japan, Japan for about a year, you can get the stimulus check. And I am so fucking stoked dude i've been paying taxes for 18 years every single month i've been paying taxes dude it, it drives me crazy because i can't vote i got no right i ain't got shit right but now finally after paying taxes for 18 years wait i've paid mm-hmm. a shit ton of money in taxes but i'm only getting a thousand bucks well anyway i'm getting a thousand bucks you're getting a thousand bucks and everybody listening to the show that's living in japan that's been paying taxes is going to get a thousand bucks hikuma yen dude what are you going to do with your money i am buying hendrix gin i'm buying tonic and just a wee bit of lime dude my new drink is the gin and tonic and i'm spending all that money on it yeah, me personally, th- that check's just going into savings for me, man. I got to be a little bit careful with my money. You know, they got the kid. Oh, by the way, my my, my kid that doesn't pay taxes, he gets a fucking thousand bucks. He gets like that, that one thousand bucks as well. Lucky kid, dude. What's he gonna spend it on? <laughs> He's like four months old. Diapers, toys, clothes. I don't know, man. The sky's the limit. You know what you should do? You should buy that kid a PlayStation. It's the gift <laughs> that keeps on giving, dude. You could play it. 
and he can watch you play it, and he's just going to love all the colors just moving around and stuff, dude. Seriously, I mean, by you buying a PlayStation, it's going to help you babysit the kid, and the kid will learn things, too, like, um... Um, how to steal a car if you're playing Grand Theft Auto, or uh, how to beat up a hooker if you're playing Grand Theft Auto, uh, how to do anything if you're playing Grand Theft Auto. Or how about up, down, down, B-A-B-A, start. Um, that's not the whole code, but yes, that's uh, partially the Contra code. Yeah, I know. I was just, I, I, I paraphrased it a little bit, but you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, man, you can learn all that fucking cool shit. Awesome. Yeah. Nope. Well, that's what I recommend, dude. You get a thousand bucks, you should definitely buy a PlayStation, and then I'll come over and hang out <laughs> after this goddamn pandemic. Sure, after this fucking shit blows over, right? <laughs> oh god! I was just talking to my doctor friend earlier today. He said it's probably going to be six months before things get to normal. So he's like, "You better just stop spending your money." And I was like, "Oh shit, really?" He's like, "Yeah, probably about three months to six months, maybe over uh, over six months. So a minimum of three months, but he said a maximum of six months. But I mean, it could oh, be man. anything. It could be anything. If he says like six months, three to six months, that could be fucking a year." Yeah, no more day drinking, right? Fuck it, Jesus. What do you mean day drink? I day oh. drink all the time. I know, no shit. That's what I'm saying. If you're saving your money, it's maybe not the best thing. Oh, Fuck, yeah. dude, I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll be, I'll be work, fucking working my beat at this boring ass security j- guard job. So, and it's boring. It's boring and it's dumb. But guess what? It pays. And like, there's not, there's not like a lot of people are hiring right now. So I'm just like, you know, what? fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, nobody's hiring. Um, dude, wait. How much do you get paid? Let's just. All right, I'm not. All right. How much do you get paid for for an hour? I was gonna try to keep a confidential kind of like work my way around the question, but yeah, how much do you get paid an hour for doing uh security? Security guard job. Uh, it pay, it pays by the shift. I get like a little over a hundred bucks a day. Hundred bucks a day. How long is your working shift? I guess. Uh, it's an eight-hour shift. Uh, sorry, max. Sorry, I should maximum eight hours shift. Sometimes you get sent home early. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, basically, there's nobody that's gonna break into a construction site. Actually, there's nobody on the streets. Like, did you work today? No, I didn't. Like, uh, no, they they called me and asked me if I wanted to work on Monday, but uh, I got plans. I'm just like, you know, fuck it. I I, w- I would normally. I was like, yeah, but from Tuesday, I'm free, so sign me up for that shit. So wait. Every time you sign up, or every time they call you, do you go to the same place, or do you go to multiple different places, or how does that work? Uh, yeah, it's by assignment, so it depends on like how long the project is. So they asked me, like, uh, they asked me to go back to the same place on Monday. I said not not available. Like, how about Tuesday? And they're like, eh, we'll call you. It might be a different place. I'm just like, yeah, whatevs, man. I mean, they're they're fucking paying me for it, right? And I, I don't do a lot. I just kind of stand around and be like, "Oh, please be careful. There's construction." It's not. It's not like I'm doing any like hardcore like you know law enforcement work either. It's like this is Japan. It's fucking safe. Everybody's at home anyway, so there's hardly any people on the streets. It's like it's not like I got to defend the place, you know, because some tweaker is gonna run into the fucking place and strip the copper wiring out of there and try to sell it, right? There's, there's none of that. God, that sounds like such a boring job. I would pray for the day when a tweaker comes into like the place or the plant or the construction area and trying to steal something, dude, because then you can finally do something. Yeah, well, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's it's boring. It's, it's boring and it's easy, so you can't really complain too much. Oh, and a lot of break time, too. 
All right. So, so what kind of a security guard are you, man? Like, let's say, let's say it's around like eight o'clock at night, and you see a couple of high school. All right. Let's say okay. Okay, hold on. Let's see what kind of a security guard you are, Tom. So, all right. Let's imagine it's eight o'clock at night. You're you're working the beat. You're there. You've got your your I guess your little flashlight you got your badge you got your little cap and stuff and you're standing there and you're guarding this construction site day shifts what i don't work at night dude i I don't work at night i work day shifts okay all right well okay then all right it's the daytime tom you're there you've got your badge you've got your cap and you're you're guarding a construction site you see five high school kids go onto the construction site right and they're not supposed to do that yeah, and this is on your beat, and these kids go on the construction site. You know, you got a couple of guys, got a couple of girls. They seem like good kids, but, you know, they start smoking cigarettes, and they start drinking beers and shit. What would Tom do in that situation? Would you bust their ass? Would you tackle them? Would you slap on the cuffs? Or would you just let them be? Nah, I'd just tell them to go home, dude. So well, you'd I'm actually fucking, walk up to them, and you're like, you must go home. This place here is private property. No, actually, yeah, no, I, I'd tell him to go home. I'd, do, I'd tell I'd just be like, you know, or go to a fucking park. I don't give a shit, dude. They're fucking high school kids. They're gonna, at the end of the day, they're going to do what they're going to do, man. So what if what if you go up to them and you're like, hi, kids, uh, you know this is private property and uh, I've got a badge. See, the badge. And uh, you're not supposed to be here. And what if one of the kids says, hey, fucker, fuck you. And he gives you the middle finger right in your face. What would you do? He'd be thrown out. <clears throat> so wait, you would pick this kid up and throw him out, or like, would you put him like a headlock or something? Would you like, I don't know, stomp on his head or something? What would you do, Tom? I wouldn't. I wouldn't stomp on his head. Come on, he's some fucking high school twat bag. I just fucking yeah, I'd probably put him a he- headlock or maybe like a a full Nelson or something, and just chuck him out the door. Holy shit, man, dude, you love your job way too much. I wouldn't do a thing if I saw some kids smoking cigarettes, drinking beers on the property. I would just turn a blind eye, dude. I just walk away. I'm like, ah, how much am I getting paid? About ten bucks an hour. Uh, uh, well, you know, you know, if I, you know, you do realize if I start slacking off the fucking job, like they might not call me back for work. So, like, nah, Tom's got to maintain his paycheck. Oh, man, dude. Oh, God. You know, if I was a kid and, like, you came up to me, dude, I would definitely give you the middle finger. I'd be like, hey, old man, (laughs) (laughs) you've had your time. And, Tom, how many times have you actually trespassed? Actually, in the last episode, you said that you trespassed in some kind of, like, an old shrine or something. What would you do if you were a little kid and you're smoking cigarettes and drinking beers and you're in a construction site and some old fart like in a security guard comes up to you and he's like, hey, you kids, this is private property. Get your asses out of here. What would you do if young Tom, 16-year-old Tom, had that old man say that to him? Probably would have fucking run, right, dude? I was a scared little kid, dude. You don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. I would have been the guy... That gave you the middle finger. That's that's what I would have done, especially if there's girls there. <laughs> I'm like, dude, yeah, working, uh, working working on your street cred there. Oh, you got to impress the ladies, man. You got to do it, especially no, no, when you're 16 I, I, years I get, old. I get, I get, I get it. Like, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you one quick story before we get we get into the main stuff, though. So, like, this would have been like probably 14 or probably 15 years ago when I was in Kyushu. 
like one of my friends lived like kind of out in the suburbs and like you know again we're kind of countryside anyway but like i was kind of by the main drag so i'd go out and visit him right and like dude this is when they still had beer vending machines right so there's a spot he found it was yeah it was fucking really nice they had some very nice comfortable benches an ashtray you know so you could smoke and then they had like a this hill that was there it was it was like a perfect like 45 degree incline but there was like a, a stone area so you could sit on the stone and then like lay back and then just in some comfortable grass it was fucking it was a perfect spot and right across the street they had a beer vending machine so we used to hang out there all the fucking time dude it was great man we'd hang out there and like in the evening you know shit get dark hot girls would walk by you know girls would walk by we'd chat them up and be like hey how you doing baby blah 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 Whatever, it was, it was like the fucking perfect spot. So one day, one time we were there, it was kind of fucking dead. I think it was like, you know, on break. And we're just hanging there, just smoking cigarettes, drinking beer, as usual. But like a couple kids like, going, you know, kept cruising by on their bicycles. And like, you know, they, they kept looking at the beer, beer machine. And like these, these kids were probably junior high school age. And like, you just kept cruising by, but then, you know, they'd walk up to the beer machine, then they'd look over and they'd see us. And then they'd just like, you know, keep moving around. They were fucking totally cased, and I was like, me and me and my buddy were looking at each other. We're like, we're not these kids are doing. We're just like, we can't just kind of ignored them, drank our beers, you know, talked about you know girls and fucking whatever, you know, shit. So after a while, it got kind of dark, and like these these came group of kids. I like mean, five or six of them kept cruising by, like one or two at a time. And like my buddy's like, hey man, you want to fuck with them? You want to fuck with them? And I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll fuck with them. So what we did is like, we you know just grabbed our shit and like you know pretended like we we're leaving then we just kind of walked around like you know kind of hidden alleyway and just waited like you know five or ten minutes so these kids like come back in man like you know junior high school age right and so they're they're all looking around they had like a couple lookouts case in the place okay okay i don't think anybody's coming so they start putting coins in the beer vending machine to get beer and like so we waited we were just like watching just kind of snickering going this is pretty funny this is pretty funny it's like all right you ready let's fuck with them so then we we had our phones out, right? So we just put the flashlight on, jumped out with our flashlights and shouted in Japanese, this is the police. What are you doing? Stop right there. These kids fucking freaked the fuck out. You saw beers just flying everywhere, hitting the fucking, you know, uh, fucking sidewalks straight everywhere. And it was like the fucking three stooges. Cause there's like about half a dozen, like junior high school gauge boys. They all fucking tried to run, but they're just fucking bumping into each other, like three stooges styles. And they all fucking just scattered. It was great. Hilarious. Did you take their beer? Uh, I think actually, I think we managed to salvage one beer. One beer of the situation. All right, one I guess it's a good story then. For for a while, I was like I'm boring, but uh, yeah, if you wound up with a free beer, hey, good for you, man. Oh yeah, maybe it's a visual thing, but yeah, I'd have been there. But it was pretty fucking funny to see these kids freak the fuck out. So I I, I would imagine they didn't do that anymore. But anyway, let's uh, let's jump into the uh, main article here. Actually, I've got two of them. Double trouble, double barrel right here. This is a double barrel of serial killers. And Tom, I've got a couple of questions about this thing. Uh, you mentioned it the other day and I was like, OK, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do a double barrel of serial killers. Now, these two serial killers they operated during the time of like World War II, like the like in Tokyo in the late 1930s, early 1940s and stuff around that uh, area, right? And did these two serial killers work together? Were they like kind of like a dynamic duel, like Batman and Robin or two Batmans or two Robins or something? Or were they a little bit different? Were they more sophisticated? 
and work individually, but they're part of like the same kind of syndicate or something. Can you give us like a little bit of a preview? Okay, yeah, sure. I'll give you a little bit of a preview. Um, no, these guys are completely separate and completely independent. Although I think when I read the article, I think you'll start to notice some similarities between them because there's a lo- there's a lot of uncanny similarities. It's weird because these are these guys are operated only a couple years apart, and near as I can tell, like I don't think there's any official record of them knowing each other or knowing anything about each other. Okay, all right, interesting. Okay, so, uh, well, let's dive uh, in. Also, also, yeah, w- w- one quick thing. This is this is during World War II. I think I think it'll kind of illustrate how just kind of how fucked up japan was during world war ii i think every place was pretty fucked up during world war ii okay let's begin okay so uh first one up we have mr seisaku nakamura the hanamatsu death killer Does that, does that sound like a good? Does that sound like a good supervillain name? The Death Killer. The Death Killer. Well, actually, if you say Death Killer, that kind of sounds like somebody that's out there to kill death, like you know, like the spirit of death. No, no, not death. Th- death. Th- th- oh, death. Can I hear? Death. The Death Killer. Yeah. So this person is deaf, and he's killing people, or he only kills the deaf. I don't know. You want to find out? Let's find out. I'm excited. I'm excited, Tom. Come on, <laughs> hang on. Okay, I, I think this will become clear in the first sentence. But uh, okay, so Seisaku Nakamura, Nakamura, born deaf, was ostracized by his family and and society at large for his disability. Robert Keller in his Asian Monsters, twenty eight terrifying serial killers from Asia and the Far East, notes quote. It has been noted that many serial killers who suffer such ostracism retreat into a fantasy world fueled uh, most often by revenge fantasies. This is certainly the case with Seisaku Nakamura. He developed a near obsession with the samurai culture and enjoyed watching movies where samurais slaughter their victims with lethal katana swords. Yet, on the surface, all appeared normal. Seisaku was a bright boy who excelled at school. He was polite and differential. He endured his condition without complaint. He'd grown to, he'd grown into a tall, strapping young youth as well. However, all was not normal. According to uh, Nakamura's later confession, he committed his first two murders on August 22, 1938, when he was only 14 years old. Whoa. He tried to... Yeah. Pretty fucking hardcore, man. He's starting off young, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He tried to rape two women, he said, and murder them after they resisted. This account has never been confirmed. Perhaps he was boasting, or perhaps the murders did occur, and the Japanese mil- uh, military government kept them out of the news. This is going to become a recurring, recurring thing with some of the stuff that's going on. Nearly three years passed before he committed another homicide. On August 18, 1941, Nakamura stabbed a woman to death and nearly killed another. Again, fucking same day, like double barrel. Like The two thing is going to become a fucking theme here. So he does the same crime twice a day. Yeah. Wow. So he, he just can't get it, man. He, just, he gets amped up and just roided out. Wow, double okay. jeopardy, huh? Yeah, so, yeah, okay, two days later, again, the two, he stabbed and hacked another three victims to death. 
three in one day. So basically, three. you start off as one, then it's like two in one day, now it's three in one day. Holy shit, dude. This guy is... <laughs> He's kind of talented. He's hardcore, right? Yeah, no, yeah, he's hardcore. So, like, we don't, we don't know if that like the, the first two were... When he was 14, he just, like, tried to rape two women, didn't work out, so he just straight up murdered them. And three years later, he's like, fuck it! Murder some more! Wait, why didn't he go to jail the first time? That's the interesting part. This is going to illustrate how fucked up Japan was during World War II. The police had a suspect description, but hushed, hushed up the information about the crimes for fear of causing a panic. Holy shit. Yeah. On September 27th, Nakamura got into an argument with his brother at their parents' home. The, the result was an absolute bloodbath. He stabbed his brother in the chest, turned the knife on the rest of the family, stabbing and slashing his father, sister, Niece and sister-in-law. Amazingly, only Nakamura's brother died. Questioned by the police, the survivors refused to cooperate, saying that they were afraid of retribution if they named their attacker. That's 14 years old and can't hear. You know, maybe that's the thing. He can't no, no, hear no, the no, screen. He, he's, he's 17 now. He's, oh, he's 17. 17 now. He started, yeah, he's 17 now. So pretty fucking hardcore, though. I agree. Well, I guess, like, you know, he can't hear people scream. So I guess it's like... Not as bad for a deaf person to kill somebody because I mean screams. I mean, if somebody screams, like I mean, let, let's say you're walking down the street and you hear somebody scream, your your heart starts beating. You're like, oh my god, trouble! You know, you got to save somebody or you got to run away because maybe there's something bad happening or something. Screams are terrifying, yeah. man. But this guy, he's deaf. Oh, yeah. He can't hear screams. Dude, trust me, I know. I got I got a fucking baby, dude. When he fucking cries, it's like, oh, dude, come on, man. Oh my yeah, god, fuck- yeah. Screams are fucking terrifying, man. No I, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But yeah, maybe maybe because he's deaf. Maybe, I don't know, he had that pent-up rage and aggression. I don't know, man. So, um, nearly a year passed with no, no bloodshed. Boss, 30th of 1942, Nakamura attacked another family. So a young woman on the street followed her home where, where her husband and three children were. Nakamura began his attack on the mother. When her husband tried to defend her, he stabbed both of them to death. He then slaughtered their two youngest children and turned his attention to the oldest girl. He started to rape her, but then inexplicably broke off his assault and ran away, leaving her alive. The survivor proved to be a good witness and gave a description to the police who had their had who had had their eye on Nakamura already. They had come to believe that the reason uh, the reason his family wouldn't say who the, who attacked them a year before was because their attacker was one of their own. The Hamamatsu death. Death killer was arrested and quickly tried, found guilty and sentenced to death in spite of his youth and a parade of witnesses who said who were ready to say that he was insane. Yeah. Little's in, little Yeah. Oh shit, right? Little is known about him and his crimes as the Japanese government suppressed most of the information. So there might be a lot more shit. He might have done more crazy fucking shit because there's like there's huge, like large gaps. There's a couple like, you know, murders and rapes. But then there's huge fucking gas where nothing quote unquote happened. But like, again, it's World War II. So the Japanese didn't want the public panic. So they're just suppressing information. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. You know, I kind of blame the parents because, I mean, this kid's running around. He's like 14 years old, killing people, raping people and shit. And he, the weapon that he's using is a knife. So why didn't the parents just say, okay, listen, no more knives for you. And then they take away all the knives from their house and they throw them away or something. I don't know, man. Because, 
hide, hide all the sharp objects when he comes around, right? Yeah, right. So, I mean, the next time you tried to kill somebody, it would be with like a fucking spoon or something. <laughs> I got spooned in the throat. <laughs> oh. oh man, but uh, yeah, that's pretty fucked up, man. That's that's pretty insane. I can't believe that the parents like harbored him after. I mean, he tried to kill them. You know. I mean, could you imagine, like, his birthday, like, that year? Like, uh, maybe that's what happened. Like, for his birthday, he's like, you better get me a knife. I want a Rambo knife, a katana, an axe, and I want to, I want to, I want a throwing star, too. And the parents are like, dude, if we don't, if we don't, like, amend to his, like, demands and shit, we are going to get fucking slaughtered. Well, no, no, I, I don't think the parents actually did. I think that probably after that, after the fucking bloodbath at home, I think he probably, they probably just went in separate ways, man. I would imagine. What they they just abandoned also, him? They're like, "All right, uh, the house is yours. We're moving to Tokyo. Peace." Yeah, or, or something like that, or maybe he just like fucking you know fucked up and did his own thing. Again, we don't know. This is all speculation because they've suppressed most of the information, so most of the records are destroyed. Could be a lot of things. Holy shit. Well, in that case, I mean, maybe he didn't even have parents. <laughs> maybe the parents. Maybe he's yeah, just like abandoned or something. Was he? Well, you know, also keep, keep in mind, like, uh, this is World War II, like, you know, they're operating in this logic, you know, Japan's, you know, divine right to rule the world, the emperor's god and all that fucking bullshit. It's possible the the reason the family didn't say anything to police is like they thought they would have been wiped out as well. They're like, oh, fuck, we got a bad seed. Let's just let's murder him and his entire family to make sure that, you know, that gene doesn't spread. Oh, yeah, it was a different rule back then. OK, next story, brother. Next story. So that's one barrel. Ready for round two? Round two. Shotgun to the face. Hit it. All right. Yoshio Kodaira was a Japanese soldier, rapist, and serial killer. Wow. It was also one of the full load. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty fucking full load. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you, you notice a lot of these serial killers are also super fucking rapey. Yeah. It's kind of gross. Yeah. Big shocker, right? Uh, let's see, yeah, yeah, it was a Japanese soldier, rapist, serial killer, blah, blah, blah. He was also one of the few ex-soldiers who said that the Japanese military had committed atrocities before the Second Sino-Japanese War. Kodaira suffered from a stuttering, yeah, sorry, early childhoods. Kodaira suffered from a uh, stuttering during his childhood. He joined the Imperial Japanese Navy in 1923, and he per- participated in the Jinan incident. He killed six... Uh, Chinese soldiers in 1928, and he raped or murdered many Chinese women in China. In Taku Forts, he stuck a sword into the belly of an unexpected mother. The exact number of victims in China is unknown. He, he, uh, He married in 1932 after he returned to Japan. His wife ran away from him because he had a child with another woman. He became angry and attacked the house uh, of his wife, killing his father-in-law and injuring six others with an iron rod on July 2nd, 1932. He was arrested and released in 1940. It is believed that he raped and murdered 10 women between uh, May 25th, 1945 and August 6th, 1946 in Tochigi and Tokyo. At the fifth murder, he raped a dead woman. Jesus yeah, let that set let that sit in. He just fucking raped a dead woman. On August twentieth of nineteen forty six, 
he was arrested. He denied three murders in court, and the court uh, uh, the court district admitted seven mur- seven of the ten murders on June eighteenth of nineteen forty seven. One of the unproved three victims was never identified. Supreme Court sentenced him to death on November 16th, 1948. He was executed on October 5th, 1949. Before he was executed, he smoked, he smoked a cigarette and was calm. Well, god damn, dude. This is pretty much like uh, the epitome of PTSD, dude. This guy basically fucking went to war, saw some shit, came back, and just couldn't get that shit out of his head. Or then again, maybe he's fucking crazy when he fucking got drafted, you know? I mean, these things fucking happen. You've seen the movie Dead Presidents, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, fucking, these dudes go to Nam, they come back and shit, they can't make ends meet, and they're like, well, let's fucking rob a bank, you know? And I mean, we went to Nam, we fucking got some skills and shit, and uh, yeah, they pretty much fucking uh, put the pedal to the metal and the shit hit the fan. But um, yeah, this guy, he really put the pedal to the metal. I mean, fucking A, dude, fucking, he's a necrophiliac, he's a rapist, he's a, he's a, what, what, it's not even a baby killer when you kill a pregnant woman. It's a infant kill. I don't even know what it's called. I don't want to know. But this guy is a sick, pathetic piece of shit, dude. But at least back then, Japan was more efficient for, like, killing, you know, prisoners and stuff or people on death row. Because now, if somebody's on death row, they could be on death row for, like, fucking 40 years, you know? But back then, you know, once somebody's yeah. on death row, I mean, six months later, they're gone. Yeah. And and not agreeing with capital punishment, I'm just saying, well, this country does, and they're more um, efficient with it. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I guess you're just saying, but, like, I don't agree with capital punishment, especially if if somebody's murdered somebody, like, fuck them. They could fucking sit in a fucking, you know, fucking four-by-four cell for the rest of their fucking life and just, like, you know, fucking suffer. Death's a quick release, man. And I I know it makes society better you know, feel better to fucking murder a murderer. And I get that. I 100% get that, man. But like, nah, man, I'm in it for the long haul. I want these fucking dickbags to suffer. Yeah, jail sucks. So, yeah, I guess it's a good thing. But, um, yeah, dude, so fucking, well, these stories were pretty short, man. Yeah, okay, but yeah, okay. Actually, that was the fucking preview. You want to hear the long version of this? Because it's like, it's way more fucked up. This has got like more details. Wait, the first one or the second one? No, the second one I just read. So I, I just read you the cliff notes of the article. Like, you know, let's get to let's get on to the main event. This has got like some serious like descriptions, like what goes on. This is like this is even more fucked up. God, more fucked up. Uh, dude, I've already lost my lunch. Okay, go for it. Are you in Harajuku with some out of town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah. Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! If you're gonna get your fit on, you gotta get your fit on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing, it comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is 
hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Proper. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya, about five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com. That's www.gamuso.com. That's right. Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. All right. Okay, so yeah. Arguably one of Japan's most prolific serial killers of modern times, Kudaira Yoshio, born in 1905, was the son of a violent alcoholic and was described by his first grade teacher as, quote, inattentive and listless, and that he got into fights on a daily basis, end quote. Oh, so he didn't have PTSD. This guy was an original psychopath. No, but like as we say, like yeah, he, he had like a bad stuttering ability, you know. So he was kind of like you know socially inept and like didn't have a lot of friends, maybe. All right. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like okay. Jason in Friday the Thirteenth. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a good comparison. You, you could totally go there. I get that. Yeah, that's a good one, Johnny. Good one. Yeah, oh, thanks. Okay, hmm. Tommy, read on. Yeah. Read on, pattern- Tommy, God damn it. <laughs> Time is the money. Pattern- the pattern continued throughout elementary school. Kodaira, further handicapped by a severe stutter, scraping by with low grades and graduating barely within the rank of 21st in the class of 23 students. He apprenticed to a Tokyo Metalworks in lieu of higher education. He he then drifted through a series of blue-collar jobs, none lasting more than a few months. An unwed father at age 18, he joined the Imperial Japanese Navy to escape his parental obligations. So, fuck, you know, so he knocked a girl up, and then it was like, yeah, I totally have to serve my country. Bye-bye. As a Japanese, as a seaman of the Japanese fleet, Kodaira soon became accustomed to the low-rent brothels in China, ports of uh, various ports of call. By 1927, he was involved in Japanese actions against mainland China and participated in various atrocities that included the rape and murder of help, helpless civilians. So yeah, he's getting there. Fucking making of a serial killer right here. As he later described one incident, quote. Four or five of my comrades and I entered a Chinese home. We tied up the father and locked him in the closet. We stole their jewelry and raped their women. We even bayoneted a pregnant woman and pulled out the fetus. Uh, sorry, pulled the fetus out of her stomach. Fuck, dude. I was also engaged in these depraved actions, and I liked it. Oh, God. So this is this guy's Jason... And, yeah, he's just Jason. This guy's like Jason on crack, dude. Or Jason on PCP. This guy is just fucking morbidly out of control and shit. I mean, he was pretty fucked up before he got into the war. But once he got in the game of the war and shit, and he was with, like, a bunch of other, like, fucking psychotic knuckleheads, I mean, this is just game on. Now, Tom, I got a question for you. Now, after the Vietnam War, the crime rate in the United States skyrocketed like there's like us there's like been a lot of tests that have been done and stuff a lot of like um research where it showed like the crime rate in america before vietnam and then the crime rate in america after vietnam and if you look at the rates before vietnam america was actually kind of a really safe place i mean there's murders and there's crime and stuff but it wasn't really that bad but then after vietnam i mean the shit really hit the fan i mean there is like just like just huge amounts of murders and bank robberies and rapes and just the drug rate in America skyrocketed. I mean, it was just a fucking chaotic situation. Is that the same thing that happened to Japan? Like, all these soldiers came back and they all got PTSD and they're all just kind of messed up because of the war and shit? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Uh, 100%, 100% absolutely. And again, we're talking about, the, this is like, you know, so like, this is before World War II. So again, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, was it like, you know, in the 30s? Like, so this is like before Japan was in World War II. This is when they were, you know, fucking over China and the other, all the other places. So like, yeah, they had pro- they had huge fucking problems with like, you know, guys coming back from, you know, with fucking PTSD or they just basically able to, you, you know, used to going out and wreaking carnage. So like, yeah, murder, rape, why the fuck not? And they came back to Japan. Yeah, they couldn't do that. But again, like I'm pointing out how fucked up this is. Like they suppressed a lot of this fucking information. They kept it out of the news because they didn't want like, you know, people to fucking panic or think, you know, things were fucked up when they obviously were. 
Shit. Well, I mean, that's we're kind of experiencing that right now with like the whole pandemic. I mean, for the last couple of months, Japan's been like, everything's cool, everything's cool, but uh, yeah, uh, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Well, no, no, I mean, we, we can talk about it like, you know, otherwise, like, there's other similarities between America, like, you know, all the Vietnam vets, you know, coming back from Vietnam, totally, you know, being told, like, it's an honorable thing to serve your country and blah, blah, blah. You're, you know, you're going to war and you're fighting for freedom and American values. And then going to fucking Vietnam and experiences this fucking horrible, 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 horrific shit. And then coming back into Japan or sorry, you know, America, and they're just being largely forgotten by society. Yeah, there's problems with those guys coming back with, uh, you know, untreated, you know, PTSD and other mental issues and, you know, fucking drug problems and everything. And also, you know, they were, you know, the U.S. government trained them to become fucking killers. Like, obviously, there was fucking problems with crime. Same in Japan. And in, in the fucking 50s, like, things got really, really bad after they lost World War II. Things things went to fucking hell because, every you know, the whole economy just fucking, you know, fucking took a swan dive into the gutter and, like, yeah, you know, all these fucking crazy, like, you know, PTSD fucking vets and, like, you know, the whole country had been humiliated. Drug use was rampant, all kinds of crazy shit. So, yeah, this is, like, building into it. This is even before it gets really bad, either. This is, like, you know, when, you know, the fucking government had a tight lockdown on shit. So, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, it's pretty fucked. All right, let's get into it, man. All right, so now he's, wait, is he back in Japan or is he still overseas? No, okay, so that so that's a, that's the highlights. He probably did some other horrific shit that's not documented. So he did all that. So, yeah, again, like I'm gonna re- reiterate. So fucking broke into a Chinese home, tied the father up, locked him in the closet, raped the women, took their shit, and then then fucking you know bayoneted a fucking pregnant woman, ripped the fetus out of her stomach, and liked it. So, yeah, I know it's pretty fucked. It's pretty okay, fucked. So. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Back in civilian life by 1932, Kodaira married the daughter of a Shinto priest over her father's objections. The union was a very stormy one and climaxed when Kodaira settled that one argument by beating his father-in-law to death with an iron bar, injuring six other family members in the process. Uh, yeah, you should definitely get a divorce after that. And <laughs> No shit, right? I mean, I know, I know, like a lot of people, people and their in-laws don't get along. But like, man, that's that's a pretty fucking hardcore way of uh, settling an argument. <laughs> yeah, lead pipe. Holy shit! Uh, we call that the old Detroit yeah. style of settling an argument. Detroit style. There you go. Uh, he was sentenced to 15 years of hard labor. He was released in uh, 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 under general amnesty uh, in 1940 and found work as a civilian employee at a naval facility in Tokyo. Most of here's where it gets really fucked. Most of his subordinates were female, and Kodaira made a habit of spying them after they bathed after work. What on May? Tw- yeah, yeah. On May 25th of 1945, he raped and strangled one of them. 19-year-old Miyazaki Mitsuo and hit her corpse behind an air raid shelter on the premises. Japan was under frequent air attack at the time, and her uh, the island fortress in a uh, sorry, and this was an island fortress in the Pacific falling to amphibious invaders. invaders. So and the Kodaira's crime. Uh, sorry, and so sorry, man. This is kind of written fucked up. It's piss poor. There's all kinds of like fucking spelling errors and typos, and it's it's piss poor. I should typical. This Go up. for it. Yeah. 
<clears throat> yeah, and Kodaira's crime went undiscovered while the chaos of the war distracted the police from his crimes. Encouraged by his success, he raped and strangled 30-year-old Ishikawa Yori on June 22nd. Three weeks later, on July 12th, he repeated the procedure with uh, 32-year-old uh, Mitsu, uh, Mitsuko Nakamura. A fourth victim, 22-year-old uh, Kazuko Kondo, died on July 15th. Uh, Matsush- Matsush- uh, Yoshie Matsusta, age 21, was killed on September 28th. 17-year-old uh, Tatsue Shinokawa followed on uh, oh, October 31st, uh, okay, Halloween, and 19-year-old Hiroko Baba on December 30th. So the dude's just like a fucking serial rapist murderer. He's a rapist Jesus. murder machine, dude. This guy is fucking horrible, dude. Oh, my God. And this is, wait, wait, this is after he killed his father-in-law, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he killed his father-in-law. Went to jail, and they're they're like, "Eh, go to jail for you know for he murdered his fucking father-in-law." And they're like, "Yeah, ten years hard labor, and then he's out." They're like, "Oh, you were you worked for the navy before?" Oh yeah, yeah. You like to go over in China and like you know rape women and you know you know fucking pull fetuses out of the room. That's cool. Work in this navy base. You got oh, naval God. experience, right? Oh. We sure, we we are sure you're not a danger to anyone on the base, right? Oh, dude, that's fucked up. That's so fucked up. All right. All right. Read on. Read on. (laughs) The darkness continues. Okay. Kodaira took a six-month breather after that. Jesus Christ. (laughs) When he took a breather, he's like, oh, my God. I've had so much murder and rape. I just got to take a break, man. I'm just so tired. (laughs) I've had enough cardio to last me a decade. (laughs) Yeah. Kodaira took a six-month breather after that, claiming his next victim, 15-year-old Yoshiko Abe, on June 30th of 1946. Two more would follow before he was finally caught by the police. Jesus. So, yeah, it took him a while there. With no more female employees to victimize, Kodaira had worked out a new approach for himself. Wait a second. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's no more female victims? He killed and raped them all? He's like, oh, they're all gone. <laughs> it's only me. Then after that, I guess he can rape and murder himself. I guess <laughs> murder, yeah. rape, suicide. Now that, that that's that's the fucked up thing. Like, no, because like the police didn't notice that. Like, how do you say? Like, he he was a superior in a position. Most it was mostly women that worked under him. So a he was fucking spying on them when they took bass and just like one by one, he just went in there and just fucking murdered and raped him, picked him off one by one. That is absolutely fucking insane, dude. That is that is fucking nuts, dude. You know, even if I mean, this is like so far out there and so in fucking bizarre world that if you made this into a movie and said it was a true story, nobody would fucking believe it. You know, even people that saw the fucking Tiger King and saw how crazy and loony that shit was, if they fucking saw a documentary on this motherfucker, they're like, no way. There's no way this could happen. No way in a million fucking years could this guy fucking do all this shit but he did i know right i know, I know. see see this is the it's the thing this is again this is part three of our series so like okay i re- read about sada abe like we, we read that we believe that it was fucking crazy the fucking the tsuyama massacre fucking crazy and fucked up but you know it's believable and the fucking previous murder that i read about like that was fucking crazy but here we go but like not even done yet. Not even done yet. Only about like you got a little bit more to go. Okay. Actually, a lot okay. More. Only about halfway through here. 
game. With no more female employees to victimize, Kodaira had worked out a new approach for himself. Loitering in public places, offering to help young women purchase food or other items in uh, in Tokyo's thriving black market. So it was there that Kodaira met 17-year-old Ryoko uh, Midorikawa on July 10th, striking up a friendship that included visits to her home, where he foolishly gave her his real name. Uh, sorry, he foolishly gave his real name to the young woman's parents. That's kind of fucked up, dude. Like the fucking article's pointing out, well, if you just would have given him a fake name, he would have been fine and wouldn't got caught. That's pretty fucked up for this article to point out. Just want to say. Just saying. Uh, Ryuko disappeared on August 6th, leaving home to meet Kodaira for an alleged job interview. Her nude corpse was found in Tokyo's Zoji Temple a few days later. So he fucking stashed her in a temple. Jesus, man. A second body found nearby was identified as Tatsue Shinokawa. Reported missing by her parents in Shibuya. Police went looking for Kodaira after they obtained his name from Ryuko's parents, and he freely confessed his crimes with no plea for leniency and was sentenced to death on August 20th, 1947. In addition to the other murders, he confessed to uh, more than 30 rapes where the victims survived. Two years and two months later, on the morning of August 5th, 1949, Kodaira was hanged in Miyagi Prison. In the wake of his execution, Japanese author... Rampo Edogawa tried to make sense of the case. Quote, the type of crime he committed was not particularly unusual. But to have repeated it using the same methods was definitely unusual. What? This is just fucked from A to Z. Jesus Christ. It is. But maybe at that time time they didn't have like a psychiatrist that developed like the the term like serial rapist or serial killer or serial rapist killer and stuff. Maybe they just didn't have that concept back then. Yeah. Right. So, so to go out and get drunk, like, you know, uh, fucking one day and, you know, rape a one was just called, I don't know, Saturday. Well, no, I mean, no, but this guy right here is like, I mean, he is like fucking like, all right, all right, let's go back to Jason. Okay, Jason from Friday the thirteenth Friday the thirteenth, he would go into Camp Crystal Lake, right? And he would fucking murder person after person after person after person after person after person. This guy was I mean, well, he was a he's a ghost, he was a spirit, he was a wraith, whatever, he was a serial killer. Nonetheless, right? Maybe in Japan at that time, of course they had murders. Like maybe a husband and a wife get in an argument. The husband knocks over the wife. She dies. All right. So this guy right here is a murderer. Some guy gets in a fight with like his neighbor or maybe two guys rob a bank and they kill a couple of people and shit. They got that concept. That concept's been around for fucking ages and ages and ages. But this guy, this guy fucking went to fucking China right before World War II when, you know, Japan was fucking up China. And this guy fucking got the, the taste of blood and shit, right? And and he was just psychotic enough where basically that triggered and fucking catapulted him into like this world of like psychotic rape and murder and shit where that was just like his thing. You know, he had a day job and then he moonlighted as fucking this fucking evil villain. And then all of a sudden, you know, he started doing it to fucking, well, at least well, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to go for broke and say at least like a hundred girls, right? So he fucking murdered and raped a hundred girls and shit. And at that time, Japan just didn't experience this kind of, 
this kind of like a person, this kind of a monster, right? I mean, there's always been serial killers, right? But it's just like at that time in like the 1930s, that's when everybody started reading newspapers. Everybody was literate, right? And at that time, you could like make somebody could write like a newspaper, make a newspaper in Tokyo and actually be able to send it to like maybe Niigata and Okinawa and Sapporo and shit where they could really spread information long distances, you know, at that time and shit. So then fucking psychiatrists all over the country could be like, whoa, wait a second. This is fucked up. This has got to be a thing. And then then they kind of realize that there is such thing as a serial killer. But before that, they just didn't coin that term. Major Tom, was that too too much information? Too deep? Ground control to Major Tom. Hello? Tommy. Tommy. Wait, is this an internet connection or did I blow your mind? <laughs> Hello? No, no. No, dude, I'm here. Can you not hear me? No, I can hear you now. Hello? Hello? I can hear you. Oh, I can shit. hear you. Major Tom? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm fucking, I'm totally fucking here, dude. Like, no, 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 I, w- I was listening to what you said, and I, and I agree with you. I'm like, uh, just, just, just to follow it up, I think the final paragraph of this article, you, like, you know, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think you, you kind of went on a tangent and a rant, but I, I get that. But I think the final paragraph of this article might, you know, tie this up nicely. Okay, go for it. So, Okay, Edogawa did not seem to think that the quote-unquote beast had deliberately, like, had been deliberately evoked by Japanese wartime taxis reflected in such incidents as the rape of Nanking, which is definitely not taught in Japanese history books, where at least 300,000 unarmed civilians were murdered in cold blood. Girls and women were raped by tens of thousands in an orgy of violence officially condoned and shared by superior officers. It was perhaps more comforting to share the blame among Kodaira's victims than to recognize truth, namely that the Imperial uh, Imperial Japan had deliberately and consciously uh, consciously produced a generation of pitiless rapists and killers. Okay. Uh, Well, folks, there you go. (laughs) Man. Oh, God. I want to see the statistics of uh, murder before and after World War II in Japan. Because the 1950s must have been insane, just like the 1970s or the mid to late 1970s and even early 80s in the United States. Well, no, that's see, that's the problem, though, because like it's not documented because like a lot of that shit's been suppressed. We don't have actually have accurate statistics on any of this shit. Now, now it's fucking fine. Now it is. It's documented. And you and I can both agree. The crime rate here is super fucking low. No, this shit does not happen. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, well, not like this. Not like this. No, I haven't read. I mean, I've been doing the show for fucking 10 years and I've not ever read a story like this i mean every so often we've got somebody that just snaps like um the guy that um the guy that broke into like the the handicapped hospital or the fucking kanagawa street slasher or the akihabara akihabara slasher i mean every so often we get somebody that just goes berserker right but i mean that's kind of like few and far between which is a good thing no, no, I no, I agree with you because there's a huge difference. There's, those guys are spree killers. One day they just snap and they murder a shitload of people, which I'm saying, of course, it's fucking horrific, but we're not talking about serial killers, you know, the fucking super villain, super villains out there. Hmm. 
Do you think that's going to happen? I mean, I got let's knock on some wood. Hopefully it doesn't. But now that a lot of people are kind of like just like they have to stay inside. They can't go inside or anything. They can't go to they can't go to whorehouses, blowjob bars. They can't go to bars or izakayas. They can't go to nightclubs. They can't go to pachinko. They can't do anything fun. So like people that are kind of mentally unstable, they're kind of like stuck inside bubbling and over bubbling and they're just anger and just angst, right? Do you think like in the future we're going to have a lot more crime coming out of uh, Japan and the world actually? Um, I, I don't want to comment in the entire world, but let's just comment. Let's keep it to Japan, the country we live in. Um, yeah, unfortunately we've seen a huge spike in domestic violence. Oh yeah. Which, you know, is fucking shitty and it's, it, it's horrible, but like, mm, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, you know, if like however many months down the road when this whole like fucking pink element coronavirus blows over, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, they stop by a few apartments and maybe find a few dead bodies here and there. Well, uh, from our previous episode, there was one dead body in a hotel. That is true. That is true. But this is way before this any of this shit went to happen. But yeah, I got you. I got you on that one. Yeah, true. I, uh, we are going to find some weird shit that's going to be happening in the next uh, couple of weeks or a couple of months or so. I mean, there is going to be some kind of aftermath to this kind of a situation because people in our generation have never experienced it. And um, actually, it really hasn't happened in the last like, well, probably since the last hundred years, since the uh, the outbreak of the Spanish uh, influenza. So, yeah, I guess people just don't know how to handle it, even though I do say that if there is going to be a pandemic, a global pandemic, right now is the best time to have it because fucking all of us still are able to get booze pretty much for the well for the most part i mean fucking that's the one thing that's still completely available is just booze you go to the supermarket yeah the meat's gone yeah i mean you can get some like uh, instant noodles or whatnot but the booze dude there's fucking just rows and rows and rows of shochu vodka gin and everything anything you want and stuff the supermarket's got it so fucking Dude, I'm golden, you're golden, and then on top of that, I mean, fucking dude, we got Netflix, we got podcasts, we got all sorts of fucking digital entertainment, PlayStation, Nintendo, fucking iPhones, iPads, and all that shit, so I mean, nobody really should be complaining that much, because I mean, it could be a whole lot worse. Could you imagine this shit happening in the 80s, when everybody just had fucking Atari? Dude, fucking Pac-Man gets boring after about two hours, dude. Four hours of playing Pac-Man, dude. You are fucking a homicidal maniac. I mean, seriously. No, 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 no. No, I also agree with you. I want, I want to point out one thing. Like, uh, how do you say? Like, that, like in in the seventies and eighties, they still had lead in a lot of products, which lead is poison and drives you nuts and everything. Mm-hmm. Since then, you wouldn't know it by reading the news, but like crime rates, like worldwide, is like you know, at least in all the first world industrialized countries, has been gradually going down. Would never realize that reading the news, but like that's the, those are the facts. Facts so, are yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I do agree with you on that. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to make light of the like current situation worldwide. I, I, I realize you know it's, it's fucked over a lot of people. It's caused a lot of hardship, and you know people are dead. I don't make. I don't want to make light of it, but like again, like going back to my experience when I was at work yesterday, like. I don't know, like, it's, I don't think people are as, as on edge as, as they were after, like, you know, say, 311. I think, you know, people are a little bit on edge, but at the same time, like, you know, people are just kind of bored and just want that human connection. Other than that, I don't, I don't know if it's driving, necessarily driving people to murder 
you know other people like maybe maybe there's some unfortunate instance of a domestic violence but past that like i don't know people just bored just want to talk to somebody i think that's about it yeah they, they, they'd be missing yeah they'd be missing the bars and the social life and like yeah you, you are you are the correct bars yeah. i miss the nightclubs oh, i miss the izakayas oh man okay dude, dude, dude we, we, we all do but like i do i do agree with you what you were saying earlier man like you go to the fucking store. Those liquor stores and the supermarkets, they stock the fuck up. You want oh, booze? They fucking yeah. got it. They are more than happy to sell it to you. Yes, Let they are. Let me fucking tell you, man. Dude, I thought they were going to fucking go out of business and shit. I thought fucking maybe distribution was going to be hampered or something. So fucking I kind of stocked up. I've got fucking, what, three, two bottles of whiskey, one bottle of scotch, one bottle of gin, uh, one bottle of vodka, one bottle, half bottle of Kahlua, uh, a bottle of bitters, and uh, I think that's it. I think I'm good for the next week. For the next week, I'm good. I'm good. After that week, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> Dude, because I'll tell you one thing, man. All right, I drink a lot, but fucking I drink in moderation, right? You know, And but now, dude, fucking, well, for the first week or so, I was just fucking drinking all day long. You know, I was just like painting, reading, having a cocktail here or there and shit. But now fucking, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like calming down. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm not going to drink until eight o'clock. Once eight o'clock rolls by, then I'm going to start drinking. So now I drink at eight o'clock. But before that, man, fucking, I was drinking like all goddamn day, which is good, well, what but. You got, well, well, what else have you got to fucking do? Like you said, man, I mean, you've got the money and the means, like, I mean, fuck it. I've been, I'm, me personally, I've been trying to kind of stay up the sauce because, like, you know, and I, I don't want to get all fucked up, but, you know, because my kid's, like, you know, he's still a baby, but he's recognized. I don't want to be all fucked up and, you know, just stumbling around the house blind drunk, you know. I've been kind of taking a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, that's a the bad foods. idea. Yeah, no shit, right? Yeah, but, right. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree I, with I, you. I get you. I, I, I get you. I get you. Like, man, if you, you know, if you're young and single, you're just kind of like, you know, fuck it. What the fuck else I got to do? Drink, drink, drink. Get day drunk, get wasted. But I understand what you're going through, though. I understand how that, you know, might get kind of fucking old after a while. Old? No, no, no. It's not just getting old. I mean, fucking, it never gets old. But the thing is just like, I mean, I want to, like, do more things during the day. And I do do a lot of fucking shit during the day. I'm fucking painting, creating artwork and shit. Oh, by the way, Faders, uh, yeah, there is the SpillThink.com. They're a sponsor, and it's Moi's artwork. And, um... The thing is, I'm doing that. I'm fucking reading. I'm fucking trying to exercise and shit. I've got lots of projects, but when you're fucking having cocktails every couple of hours and shit, dude, you're just not as productive as, I mean, you are when you're fucking just on the coffee. When you're on the caffeine, you're good to go. Then again, I mean, after a couple of drinks, it makes everything else more interesting. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> yeah, Bless no, you. no, I get you. I, I get you. So, so you're doing the fucking whole calf and all thing. Caffeinol is good for like creativity, I think. Yeah, Caffeinol is when when you mix like you know yeah caffeine and alcohol together. Yeah, like uh like some of those Irish coffees I used to make. Actually, now now we're talking about drinking. Like I'm I might be uh, tempted to go buy the materials and make my own couple of those. I need to get another gin and tonic. That's for sure. That's for yeah. damn sure. God damn, dude. Hendrix Gin is by far the best gin in the world. Dude, we got to get them as a sponsor. We just lost Scott Musso as a sponsor. Their last day actually was uh, the day before yesterday. They closed the doors never to be open ever again. Oh, God bless Gamuso, our church and our drinking hole. Yeah, man, that place is fucking awesome. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss that because we had some really fucking cool episodes there. And I always like the upstairs, the third floor where people weren't allowed to go was like, you know, the fucking clubhouse area, man. That place was fucking cool. A lot of also, and we, went we down up there. Yeah, we, we did a couple episodes there. You probably did some more episodes before. I like I joined like, you know, the show. Like, like, uh, actually, the last episode, uh, the last episode we did that together was like, uh, with uh, Ray host, like, you know, for them doing doing the spin up podcast of Faded Films. Yeah, it was a good night, man. It was a good night, man. That place was great. That place is great. Good curse this goddamn pandemic. It's taking away all the good things. I guess the new hangout is going to be Harry's International or Harry's Sandwich Company. So if I can, in the future, we can go there and we can do podcasts there. What's up, okay. Tommy? Well, yeah, what do you yeah. want to say? I think, I think I'm about ready to sign off. Just one quick thing, man. Dude, I gotta be honest, man. I'm getting fucking burnt out of these fucking like serial customers. I'm gonna do one more. One more. One more. It's gonna be the last one, and it's just it's the most fucked up thing. The most fucked it's, up. It's, it's gonna be the- more fucked up than the two stories that we just heard about tonight. Because these two stories are pretty fucked up. I mean, the deaf killer was pretty fucking hardcore. But this second guy, what do you even call this guy? I mean, if he, all right, all right, all right. What would you, all right. If you're going to give this guy a, this guy, the second story guy, if you're going to give him a nickname, you know, like his evil villain name, what would you call him? <clears throat> Stuttering Stanley. Stuttering Stanley. Well, that sucks. How about stabby stuttering? Stuttering stabby. Now that sucks too. Stuttering stabby. Yeah, that kind of sucks. It doesn't doesn't kind of quite roll off the tongue. Doesn't roll off the tongue at all. Um, stuttering, stuttering. Oh god, give me. Uh, sleeper creeper stutter. I don't fucking know. Fuck, dude. Ah, I need one more drink and then we'll just come to me. <laughs> well, I'm gonna get that drink regardless. Maybe but, later. Huh? Faders, faders, we invite you to give us your own like fucking ideas in the comment section. That's all. Yep. Also, faders, forget don't forget to sponsor us on Patreon if you do have the means and money. And also, Facebook page, it's free. We're posting like two or three times a day, every day. That's true, Tom. You're doing a fucking killer job posting fucking stories and posting fucking photos and shit like that, dude. You're fucking killing it on the SNS, dude. On Facebook and Instagram, dude, you're fucking killing it. Thank you, man. And Faders, thank you very much. And thank you, a very special thank you to everybody that's been supporting us on Instagram. Not on Instagram, on Patreon. That's that's really been fucking cool. It's really helped us out and shit. I mean, we're all in fucking tough times. And Tom, well, you got a job now. I barely kind of have a job um so yeah thank you very much for all you guys that have helped us out it really means a lot and if you want to support the show just go to patreon it's five bucks a month and uh, we got bonus shows we got uh we got tons of shit there i mean there's just so much shit just go there check it out and um yeah but also if you can't support the show hey don't feel bad it's okay fucking we completely understand but if you can definitely go to itunes and give us a five-star review and write something groovy that also means a lot to us and on that note we're definitely going to see you tom we're going to do a show on monday i'm stuttering now too yeah yeah, that we are. Uh, so I believe, uh, Johnny, you're up with your creepypasta bullshit. Uh, creepypasta bullshit? Fuck you, no. On Monday, we're going to do a normal fucking show, dude. We got, uh, I got five stories right now in the fucking key. So fucking, we can do that, dude. 
All right. Okay. All right, then I guess we're going to peace the fuck out. Faders, thank you very much for listening to this very special episode of God Faded Japan. Tom, thanks for doing all that research. It was ganky. And uh, we'll definitely see you in a couple of days. And on that note, peace. Bye-bye. Hey, what's up, Faders? The show isn't over just yet. We do have another killer track by Blip Pilot. The name of this track is Cheyenne, and uh, we are going to have Blip Pilot on the show soon. Hopefully, within the next couple of weeks, we will have him on the show. Uh, We want to learn about all his adventures, being a cowboy in the United States, as well as being a DJ in Japan. He's producing music right now, and he's been producing music for the last, I think, 30 years. This guy is absolutely killer, and we hope that you enjoy this track as much as we enjoy listening to it. So without further ado... Blip Pilots, Cheyenne. Peace.
her a goddamn shit so convince her. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse and a lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! You sure I should do this, man? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Oh, man. I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.